What's up, everyone? You're probably wondering why you just had a really intense song blast through your eardrums. Well, don't worry. You are still listening to Give Me Back My Horror Movies with Charlie and Pete. But this time, we have a very special guest, Mike, the lead singer of the death metal band VHS, also known as Violent Homicidal Slashers. Is that what you now have changed the band name to stand for, Mike? Yeah, yeah I, I, it's funny because uh, um, when we first started, like the first few like uh, posts I made about the band, I was like, we're going to be violent homicidal slasher. And then I got sick of writing it. So it's like, OK, we'll just be VHS. And then fast forward to when we actually <laughs> fast forward to when we, I didn't realize how many damn bands or rappers or god knows what all use the band name vhs so it's like whoa this is crazy like so like people would be trying to add us to their playlists and they'd be playing other stuff that wasn't us so uh technically i guess we've always been that but we've always shortened it to vhs and just just to, to save people a bunch of headaches just recently i changed it on like the streaming platforms back to the full name just to make it easier for people to listen to us and not uh, some random crappy rap song. Nah, like this totally <laughs> makes sense to me because I think when I first found out about you guys, that I, th- I want to say you had two different albums on two different Spotify's um, and it was a little complicated. Yeah. yeah, I figured it out, but it's, it's Spotify whenever it comes to like underground bands that are a little bit trickier to follow. Um, but that's what we love Bandcamp for and Bandcamp Fridays. How's that been treating you guys? Uh, pretty good actually. Um, we've had a few slow ones, but this last one we did really well. Um, uh, probably the best one we've ever had. So it's it's nice that uh, they're doing that for bands that so we can. Uh, I'm not gonna say that they take a giant cut, but it, it definitely adds up. So if like I could see like a band that does even more than us, because we're we're a small band for sure. Um, it would definitely add up over time. And uh, so it's, it's, it's super cool of them to do that for the bands. And uh, we tried, we kind of try to always have like new, not new albums, cause that would be crazy to do a new album a month or a new song a month. But uh, if we have merch kicking around, we'll try to throw together some different bundles or just have things to make people excited about like uh, older albums or the new album or whatever. So um, it's super cool that Bandcamp did that, and hopefully they keep doing it because it's been really, uh, really good for us for sure. I'm hoping they do, especially with COVID and everything. Um, yeah. yeah, I know you guys just did like the big bundle for Gore from Beyond the Stars. I saw that I think it was past Friday, like a big bundle. I was like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm the big metalhead of the group. Charlie is as well. Pete, oh, yeah. not so much. <laughs> Poor Pete. 
You don't know what you're missing. I like a lot of stuff. I like a lot of stuff. (laughs) Pete's all over the place, though, and that's okay. That's right. Um, Death metal trumpet. I'm just throwing that out there, Pete. (laughs) Come on, Death metal trumpet. Make a death metal trumpet happen. I found out about My horn is heavy metal. Your little guitars aren't as heavy as my horn. (laughs) (laughs) Your trumpet is literal metal. I think it works. Literal metal. You now just kill a person with it, and that that'll is be death all metal. metal. <laughs> just <laughs> die with a horn in my hand. That's death metal, huh? I like it. The reason I invented Mike on is because you invented Mike on and invited Mike on. There you go. Talk. <laughs> you got it, brother. Is <laughs> because VHS deals with so much nasty, dirty, filthy horror movie theme lyrics, and just I love it so much. Uh, how would you rep- how would you describe VHS then, Mike? I guess I guess in a lot of ways, like I look at VHS like kind of like a love letter to me when I was like 16. Like it's very very influenced by like bands I liked as a teenager. Um, reminds me of when I was just started collecting movies and what what have you, you know? Like I always. I always say that, like, we always try to stick more towards, like, the B-movie side of things. Like, we're a band that likes to be fun and not really, like, we don't try to be gross or misogynistic at at times. I mean, sometimes we deal with grosser movies, but mostly it's, like, the campier side of things. So I always think, like, the way I put our music is it's kind of like having the, the back of a VHS tape growled at you, you know? <laughs> like we're kind of trying to bullet points of like what makes these movies cool, you know, like why you should like this movie or like a certain scene in the movie. Right. Like it's the the whole band started because of like, I love horror movies and I love death metal. And uh, funny enough, actually my wife came up with the idea. I was, I was jamming with a few of my buddies and we were working on like a Guar cover show type thing we were working on. And I, nice. We did the cost. We did the costumes in the whole nine yards, and then uh, after the show, uh, my wife was like, "Well, why don't you keep jamming with a couple of the guys and play songs about horror movies?" And I'm like, "You know, the the light bulb went off, and I'm like, okay, this is a good idea." So I like asked them, Pretty and they smart, yeah. no, it makes sense, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, so I think I talked to them, and they were down, and I wrote two or three songs I, I can't remember which ones but then we got together and jammed and then basically that's when it started and it's been like 2015 i think we started and we're still going so it, it definitely has been uh uh cool that it came together so fast and that we've been able to stay together this long no i, I think it's fantastic um uh, definitely you guys remind me of like morbid angel meets exhumed so high compliments to you, sir. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, we get compared. We get compared to Exhumed a lot for sure. I have a personal goal to get Matt Harvey on this show at some point. We shall see. <laughs> oh, he can do it. I'm sure he'd do it. Yeah, I just got to shoot him a message on Instagram. His uh, Left for Die band's coming to Ohio here soon, so I thought maybe I'll talk to him then. So this kind of lines out perfectly. So we wanted to do a cheesy '80s movie. What better guest than to have a cheesy '80s metal band? you know tribute we did the burning charlie pete you two have never seen the burning correct no no I have. Oh. and and i'm a better had, person for it now that i've seen it oh, oh yeah this was great this fun. was 
my first time seeing it in many, many years. I don't remember much about it. You guys ready to dive into this uh, massacre? Oh, I've been absolutely. Dying to get into this. Yeah, it's <laughs> been weird only being me talking and doing like a little bit of an interview. When no, I, I want to talk totally about this, this movie, I want to talk about metal, I want to talk about everything. That's kind of the whole point of the show, Nate. We can. It we is can do uh, that. everything <laughs> that Mike was saying. I'm like, this is exactly why we did the show. We've loved these movies since we were kids. We want to reflect back on them and see them for the first time in God knows how long. Mike just sings songs about them. That's that, 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 that that's the difference. We talk about it. Mike gets like he said, he he gutter yells about the back synopsis. And I, I love that d- description of his music. I dig that a lot. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, when was the first time that you saw this movie then? Do you have a, like a memory? Yeah, it's funny. I do actually because um, so when like in the '80s, I, I started watching horror. So I, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I've seen every movie when I was four years old because that'd be that'd be bullshit, and I won't say that. Um, I think I was 17 or 18, so we're talking like 97, 98, and we had a local video store that had it was still VHS at the time, actually hadn't uh, dvd was not even around yet um and they had this two for a dollar deal on one of the days of the week i can't remember what the hell it was um and they had all these crazy movies i hadn't seen before and one of the ones i did end up renting uh was the burning and um two things i remember about this tape uh one being it seemed like all the violence was cut out of it because it was uh it was a edited edited version of the movie and two it's also the first time i've ever encountered yeah and this is the second the first time i ever encountered renting a tape that actually had copy protection on it so i tried to make a copy of it but it like i don't know if any of you guys are old enough to have ever tried to dub a a vhs tape that had copy protection on it. yep oh yeah it goes like super dark and then like the picture's normal and it goes super dark and whatever um, ours would scramble yeah, so even, on, on the ones we did i honestly don't remember that yeah i don't remember that at all so yeah 1997 98 whatever that was i saw it and i honestly didn't even like it because everything was cut out of it it's like and it's like okay this seems like it might be okay but there's no it's like it's it's so chopped up that it's almost didn't make any sense then like fast forward to when it got re-released on uh dvd for the first time that it had this really crappy cover from mgm with like it kind of looked like cropsy on the front where he's uh just wearing the hat and whatever it doesn't didn't really show off anything too sinister and then then that was when i saw it for the first time where it was actually like with all the gore intact and i was like holy shit this movie's awesome and it was like it's funny because it's back then it was like it all depended on what print or what copy of a movie you happen to see because i rented suspiria too at the same time and it was also edited uh so it was like wow i get i guess when they're when they're normally normally released it'd be like unrated or uncut and then for video, it's like they have an R-rated cut. And, like, the R-rated cuts of these movies are, are awful. And, like, and then you see them uncut, like, years later, and it's like, holy hell, like, this is awesome. 
And that's totally what the burning was like for me at first. I didn't like it because I didn't see it. I like, you know what I mean? I missed half the movie because it was cut out. And then seeing it years later, it's like, oh, yeah, now I get it. I would, that'd be an unwatchable movie. This would be a boring-ass movie with everything cut out. Yeah. Did Did Canada have a, their own version of the video Nasties by chance, Mike? I don't I don't think that's exactly what it was, but I think like a lot of a lot of the video distributors at the time just wanted like you wouldn't be able to have it in the video store if it was considered like unrated. Um, So I think like it had to be an R rated cut and they probably had to go through all the channels to, you know, make sure it was actually R rated. Right. So that that makes sense that and and honestly, honestly, like that copy of the burning if you look it up like online it's like uh thorn emi or something released it and it's a very old tape right so yeah by the time i rented it there could have been an unrated copy out there somewhere but i i just didn't even i didn't even know where to even start to look for stuff like that you know especially when you're that young like i don't know i know when i was that young i'm pretty stupid i would have never figured that out i would just assume like man the slasher yeah. movie doesn't really have any balls Imagine the raft scene with no gore, right? It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, what the hell's going on? You would have um, thought they just fell overboard or something and drowned. I mean, that. <laughs> what else would there be to explain? I mean, no fingers cut, no nothing? No, I'm out. Yeah, I am out. No steps? <laughs> Come on. All right, so before we get too further into this movie, I really want to dive into it. Let's go ahead and play the trailer, and then we'll be right back. about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Cried out. I will return. I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there. What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again and again and again. The Burning. Did any of you guys go to summer camp as kids? Was this a real thing? Or was this something <laughs> no, that, I, like, is made up for the 80s? Uh, I didn't. I lived in summer camp. I lived in the woods by the river with boats and canoes. So why do I need to go to summer camp? I never knew summer camp was a thing. I just thought it's where you go to, you know, bang chicks and get killed. I definitely didn't go then. Did, did you go, Mike? Is this like fake so i don't know if like the whole like going away from the summer thing is an actual thing but we did have like day camps in the summertime i remember like when i was a kid so you'd like go for the day to like 
some lake and do activities and swim and then you'd come home oh, but so like you can't home think... that way you don't get killed <laughs> exactly that's why i'm still here that's exactly it <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i think my family was just too poor to have us like ship us off plus, I'm, I'm taking that as my excuse my parents were like you have it already outside just go out there do you want a tent we'll buy you a tent that'll be cheaper i feel like teenage me because in all these movies it's always teenagers volunteering right yeah they're the counselors so i would not be smart enough to know that that's something you could do like i would have not known that that's an option yeah i would not known that's an option that you could do but not even then i would have totally survived friday the 13th slains because there's no way if you catch my drift i would have been you know one of the counselors that's uh getting kind of lucky would have been a sinner is that what you're saying i would have been a survivor totally (laughs) teenage nate's living well we weren't getting laid nate so we were safe anyway (laughs) we're safe (laughs) (laughs) i want to start at the very beginning of this movie though did anyone rick recognize that the fire scene because we are like all good camp movies this movie starts out with a prank right oh yeah it's 80s gotta gotta have a prank so the teenager decides that they're going to pull a prank on, what, the local groundskeeper? Is that what I got out of this? That's that's my understanding. He was yeah. a, an employee there at that camp. That probably didn't let them get away with shit and called them out on their shenanigans. So this was their retaliation to him. No, I feel like he was just a normal, happy-go-lucky camp counselor uh, groundskeeper. I don't think he was that happy, Nate. He slept in a room with gasoline. <laughs> Well, and, more, and more booze bottles than I've seen in, since my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> this is like groundskeeper Willie's distant cousin. All right. So then they start out with the fire with a uh, lighting a skull on fire and putting it at what? The feet of his bed? No, right next to him. So that when right he would wake up, him, he'd he wakes lo- up, he'd look at it. And then he yeah. has a total OJ Simpson moment from the Naked Gun series. Yes. <laughs> Am I the only one that picked up on this? No, but I couldn't. I was still trying to process where they got the decomposing skull from. I mean, those are skull. just in the backyards. Cool. They, they just came up with it as one does. Yeah. Duh. I didn't go to summer camp. I guess I missed that arts and craft part where you got to uh, <laughs> mess with decomposing skulls and maggots. That, yeah. That, that tracks, Nate. That's bio, biology 101. Come on now, dude. But even then, like, he catches on fire, which then he stumbles into gasoline. Then he stumbles into, I'm guessing, uh, volatile alcohol bottles. Then he rolls down a hill for, like, 19 miles until he falls into a lake. The whole time, like, this is O.J. Simpson getting the wet paint on him, falling into, like, the hot plate stove on the boat, like, all that shit. All that kept going through my mind was stop, drop, and roll is bullshit. Because that guy went rolling down the hill, and the fire didn't go out till he hit the water. He rolled for so long. That fire stunt's awesome, though. I I want to say that might be the one that uh, uh, Kane Hodder broke. Because as long as that is, it's not that much shorter than the the burning scene from Part 7, where they catch him on fire in that one. So... Yeah, I, that was a really long stunt, and I don't think they cut the camera away that many times from it either. What did you uh, think about it, Mike? 
Uh, I thought it was cool. I think one of the more, uh, as as silly as it is, like like you said, it's like he keeps hitting things and hitting another thing and then another thing. One of the more iconic moments of the movie, I think, is that that skull thing that they made. Uh, however, they happen to make it, that would have uh, what God knows what, but it just it always makes me laugh that like his first inkling is like to hit it. I'm going to slap this thing that's on fire so it lands on my legs. Like, okay, that's not smart. And like, okay, I'm going to keep gasoline at the end of my bed. Okay, not smart. <laughs> that That's I'm my gonna... questioning the entire time is like, he, that, that, that was not a uh, EPA rated gas can. That was a good old fashioned metal wide open to the air gas can. Yep. <laughs> Let all the gas vapes, you know, the fumes be out in the open. I, I, I'm going to go move my gas can real quick from my bedroom, though. <laughs> it's like, I got to go yeah, check right. my gas can. The, the head kind of did give me, like, Friday the 13th vibes, though. It kind of had that Pamela Voorhees from the second one, you know, when the girl finds the little altar and her head sitting there. I'm like, add a little wig to that head. That definitely was straight up Pamela Voorhees cameo and in the burning. But it's like, I think this came out before part two. I think it did. I think right around that time frame anyway. When was yeah, this? 80, 81? 81. Yeah. They're both from 81, yeah. Are they both? Yeah. Well, they're just sharing their props then. That's what it was. You know, <laughs> well, we're done with the head now. You can use it. Set it on fire. Do whatever you want. Well, the miraculous worker, Tom Salvini, did all the makeup effects to this movie. He turned down doing yes. part two to do this movie. Smart move on his part or no? What do you think? He did okay for himself for the rest of his career. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm not, he can do whatever he wants I don't, to do. I don't think this hurt him at all, but I'm just saying because part two isn't like Hockey Mask Jason at all. It's the back. So I think like this one, because he does eventually get to show Cropsy. I read, though, that there were scenes of Cropsy with his face earlier on in the movie and they just felt like it killed like the ending. It almost seemed comical from times. So they cut all that. So now it's like you don't get his face till the reveal. But they also only gave Tom Savini like three days to make that face. And I was like, that's I don't think anyone else but Tom Savini probably could have, you know, made that work like he did, you know, for on screen. In, I in think it's effective wow, as can be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think that looks damn good for three days of work. Like, it's it's chilling when it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It really is. And they, and they do it right by building it up. You know, it's very, um trying to think of the disfigured man. There's an older movie that every you always only see how everyone reacts to him till towards the end of the movie. And then you're like, oh, that's what they're reacting to. Because you got the scene with the prostitute who loses her absolute mind. And then as people do see him, they are visibly shaken and freaking out about it, you know, as the movie progresses. So, Mike, I got a question for you. Is the hospital staff in Canada just as terrible as the hospital staff here in America making fun of burn victims? <laughs> it's a great question. I, I don't know the answer, but I would assume probably about the same. <laughs> that, that That's I, even like I know horror movies are always like fantastical and you have to like take them with a grain of salt but like that whole scene is like what the why that would never happen but i guess it's just to show that he's how burnt his arm is i guess i don't know Uh, it's a grizzly looking arm though that's for damn sure oh absolutely again tom savini i mean 
what little bit we do get of the first, you know, glimpses of him in our mind. Once you see that arm, you're trying to figure out how bad the face is, you know, because of what you just saw happening in that, that hospital. And then like Mike saying, you know, you have to kind of put aside some of the nonsense they put in these horror movies inept hospital staff is always a big thing in these slashers you know because you know they're they're probably going to die in most but they don't in this one which was unique um i like and i know this it's kind of jumping ahead but it's not when i want to but i wanted to bring up this is probably a excuse me for saying a more realistic slasher than compared to some of the others that we get oh no i totally agree what about you guys pete you're awful quiet there was maybe there was maybe one part uh, when uh, the bully, uh, when Cropsey picked him up with the shears, and yeah. stabbed him through the neck or something and picked him up. That was maybe the only supernatural part of the whole thing. But as far as the rest, yeah, it's it's kind of believable. Uh, yeah, uh, he's look around and it, it wasn't it wasn't that he's behind you and all of a sudden in front of you. That was. Uh, that's always a trope that bugs me a little bit, but yeah, it, you, I think you're onto something. It was as realistic as a dumb 80s slasher can probably be. Right. I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, look, this is totally could happen anywhere, but it was a normal dude, basically, that got disfigured by shenanigans. He's obviously pissed, so he goes after them, and... While he takes it out on everyone that he's pissed instead of just going after the ones that did it, he like he he never does like the Jason Voorhees thing where you you could run as fast as you can and you would turn around and he's there. They actually shot it to where people that were running from him, he was around them like as if he had took another path to get ahead of them. Like when um, what's the kid's the dumb kid's name Arthur or Albert yeah, or something. The perv- pervert. Arthur's the pervert and he goes running along the side of the or mountain. Alfred. Getting a- it's Alfred. We're dumb. Alfred. <laughs> yeah, I watched it one time and he thinks he's gotten away and Cropsey is above him. Well, anyone that's played in the woods knows, you know, there's always a shortcut if you know the terrain, which obviously he would have, cause he worked there for however many years, you know? So I wasn't like, Oh, he just magically appeared. No, I was like, no, this guy knows what he's doing. And he knew where the kid was heading and knew how to head him off, you know, further down the line. And I, I kind of like it. it added more to the, I don't want to say dread or horror because there's never a point in this movie where I am actually scared or anything or tense, but it just added to the believability, I guess it just went a little bit more realistic than the supernatural that we're used to. Yeah. I'll I'll pile on that a little bit. That there was a completely unrealistic scene in this movie. That <laughs> if anyone has ever uh, rode in a canoe or a kayak, knows never ever stand up in said boat, or you're going to go ass over tea kettle right into the creek. Yeah. And Cropsey does stand up <laughs> into in his kayak or his canoe is what it was, and starts stabbing people. And there's your unnatural supernatural sort of balance he may have i think he was just really good at log rolling pete <laughs> yeah dude he's just okay, really balanced all right, all right. <laughs> i'm on board come on now no, it's, it's fine I, but i just no, saw I'm him gonna... stand up in that canoe and i went oh he's going oh he's, he's not okay 
he fell <laughs> into the raft and then he just went blitzkrieg on everyone inside the raft. Oh, he accidentally chopped a leg off, then went, Well, might as well kill the other three. <laughs> it was another fire moment where he just kept getting worse and worse. He wasn't actually trying to hurt anyone. Oh, it, he's actually trying just, to save them. It was a very Tucker and Dale moment. That they just keep falling on my shears. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so that's what made me pick this movie was the shears. Because I think it's such an iconic weapon. And I remember from the PlayStation 1 days, there was a game called Clock Tower where you're being chased oh, yeah. by a character using the same exact thing. And I was like, I wonder if Clock Tower was based on the burning. And it, sure it's not. Some sort of... No? It seems like it's based off just uh, Jallo films in general. Okay. So I would have never known. But I was like, man, the reason why I remember the burning is those giant shears. Like, I think it's a very uh, unique killer weapon. Okay, well, I mean, I, when you're again, this is 81. It's kind of the beginning of stuff. So, you know, you've got the Michael Myers with the knife. We haven't technically had Jason with the machete yet. So people are just kind of like. What do you kill people with? You know, what, what what's sharp? Yeah, what would a groundskeeper at a camp have access to? You um, know, that that is silent. You know, everyone, oh, chainsaw, Texas chainsaw massacre. Well, as Nate as I have talked about, you would hear that guy running at you from quite a ways and you could you could escape it. So really shiny shears, you know. I I kind of dig that you know, it's it's like two blades, so it's definitely going to do some damage. You know, you know, you could probably really kill people just like he does. Um, and he does kill the one prostitute with a knife, though, doesn't he? Like at first, they were, they were uh, well, oh, they scissors, were scissors. They were right. scissors on her dresser. That makes it even better. That means they they just kind of keep playing on that kind of vi- that visual. What do you think about the? Yeah, what do you think about the weapon in this one, Mike? I think it's cool. I think uh, I think it's definitely good. They didn't give him like a weed whacker or something because you know I mean groundskeeper. He could have <laughs> yeah would have made it a very it's different nice. movie for sure. Or lawnmower pitchfork. Or weed whacker. Yeah. <laughs> pitchfork. Well, I've seen what it's, lawnmowers uh, can do. We just covered that one. So yeah. oh, let's see a rake. He's he's just going yeah. around stabbing people with a rake. Was that groundskeeper Willie in the uh, dream version of not uh? The Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. That yeah. They they gave he was Freddy and they gave him the leaf rake and he was scratching yep. at people <laughs> on his hand. That's what I picture. I'm gonna kill you with this leaf rake. I'm, you're just standing there going, this kind of hurts. Stop I'm kind of getting a really good back <laughs> over here. Get my back. Get my back. Okay. Well, that opens up this perfect thing. Then it. You're a groundskeeper. What weapon do you go for, Nate? Oh, what weapon do I go for? Yeah, the leaf you're, blower. You're, the leaf blower. <laughs> I got to get real creative with my kills. <laughs> Mildly annoy all your victims. <laughs> you're also like talking in real life. The age of 80s, man. You're not moving some of those hairstyles they had with Aquanet, man. They're just going to you'll rip their scalp off. That's what you're that's that would be your your big kill in the movie. The girl we build it up that she's put so much Aquanet on her hair and you've souped up your leaf blower and when you hit her in the face it catches her hair and pulls the skin off the scalp. Yeah, she gets stuck, and that's how it happens. Call Derek. Let's get this going. Yep. Pete, what would you pick? What's, what's the weapon you're using? You're a groundskeeper killer. Go. Uh, about Roundup. 
I'll put rum <laughs> up in everyone's oh, beer when they're not looking, uh, or the, or I'll put it in the water supply, uh, maybe the shower. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Roundup. Pete went like all technical. The second yeah, he said that, I am. Man. I imagined him with one of those old school hand pumps and would just sneak oh, up behind too. people and spray them in the face when they turned around. That's exactly, that's, ex- that's, that's where my mind went all of a sudden, like Pete's like <laughs> sneaks up behind them as he slowly pumps, taps them on the shoulder and orkins their face. Off. <laughs> Mike, what are you using? Stick it to it. <laughs> so my, my thought was, it all depends on if they have plumbing or outhouses. Because if they have plumbing, I have to have a plunger. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Write a song about killing people with a plunger now, okay? Okay, I'm on it. <laughs> murderous plumber. I dig that. Now I'm trying to think, like, what would his big kill? Like, you, you get it stuck up their butt or something, and as you pull, it pulls their oh, eyeballs back into their, into oh. their head sockets. Like, or you get you get the drain the snake the electric yeah. one and you shove that up there and turn it on and it comes out their mouth. That's the kill. Call Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the four of us are going to make a slasher movie that's based in the 80s that takes place at a camp counseling, right? Yeah. Yeah. I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm in. I'm I'm 100% in. Is there a lot of woods up by you, Mike? What are you going to use? What, what am I going to use? Yeah. yeah. I was having so fun. much fun thinking about everyone else's, like, big kills. <laughs> I'm like, man, everybody's kind of took all the cool ones now. So what, what 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 would be in my – what do I need to be a groundskeeper at a camp that I I'm could sure potentially – I'm shed axe already. See, I was thinking axe, but I was like, eh, kind of been done. You guys got all the cool ones, man. I, I don't want to just use an axe. Um, dang man, I should have been thinking about mine instead of building everybody else's up. Yeah, kinda, shame. Kinda, I suck now. The three thankfully, of us it. thankfully, I can edit all this out so I can sound like I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the power of editing. Oh man, what? Damn it! I should have saved the drain auger for myself. That was a better kill. Should have left Mike with the plunger, and I took the drain auger. Uh, we'll get back to me on that. I... We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> so the 80s, like, they seriously hated sex workers, right? Oh, they, they let you know that that was <laughs> not the job to have. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not the job that you're uh, signing up for, I guess. Poor ladies of the night. Uh, we, I, 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 I don't think women were treated very well in the 80s regardless. It's... No, not at all. Especially when... uh. This comes to our new segment, the Weinsteins, because they made Nate, this movie. Nate, yep. you, can't, you can't use that. I, I'm going to use it. I'm using it. Okay. It's it's it's, it's, it's deserved when it comes to this, because when I saw that the Weinsteins made this, there was a part of me that died a little bit on the inside. Yeah, yeah but go ahead. But the, uh, I have something to add to this as we as we go. So go ahead, Nate. Oh, no. I, I that was it. That was clearly, the whole. That was the whole bit. No, it's just Alfred. Yeah, that's the whole bit. Is Alfred is clearly Harvey Weinstein, right? Probably, yeah. Oh gosh, probably, yeah. yeah he's a peeping tracks. Tom. He's a pervert. You watch it, it all makes sense. Yeah. He gets but, coddled by the white guys. Yeah. Yep. 
did you Probably pick up rejected. did you pick up on the fact that a lot of these women are very like adamantly no to all of the advances except for maybe a i think once or twice the one yeah. guy and even she's like disappointed so it was just it was this very like normally we watch these kind of movies and it's like he 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 oh we are having sex and all this other stuff this one like the girls are like no get off no it's not happening no i don't like you no i don't like this you know it was it was definitely the like opposite of what we see in like friday the 13th or movies I, yeah, I think, of that caliber i think that adds to the realism because i don't think a lot of those friday the 13th and nightmares you know they're uh over the top promiscuous yes uh, whereas yeah, definitely. I, I felt like this was very much a, a much more realistic way like yes the girls are interested and yes the girls are also horny too and and yes they got some foul mouths but they were also like uh, i don't want to get knocked up yeah they were and believable I by you, that's for sure i think my i think my only issue i kind of took with this and, and fine we can blame the weinsteins but this is also still very early in their careers before anyone knew but the guys are overly aggressive in this movie like 100 oh, like, like all of them macho are, the, the like, macho of macho beefy men it was kind of weird to see jason alexander <laughs> acting the way he did you know because you're used to seeing him on i was actually just had seinfeld on just a little while ago and i was like Oh, he's such a different person than what he thought he was going to be. <laughs> it, it cracked me up seeing George Costanza with hair. What do you think about that, you Mike? You see me with hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's the one of the other things that kind of makes the movie like kind of more known these days is Jason Alexander being in there. But um, even thinking about like the misogynistic side of things, like. The only guy to me that was like overtly aggressive and like assholeish was that Glazer guy. Yeah, like, Glazer, I mean, like, definitely. Like even even with like uh, Jason Alexander's character and that other guy, like most of the time they were just talking about jerking off. Like right. because they that one that one kid, they're like, oh, he needs his magazines and all this stuff. But like, as far as like being overtly aggressive uh, towards the women, I think Glazer was mostly the the one doing that. But like, I don't know, like. It's definitely not the worst movie I've seen from the 80s as far as that stuff goes. Oh, no, no, and no, no, it's, no. It's, oh, no. Def it, it's definitely like, it's, well, I, can't, I was one years old, so I can't say whether it was realistic to what would be at one of these summer camps. So, but like, yeah, it seems like it's a, a more realistic take on it. it and then there just happens. Yeah. Then there Go just ahead. happens to be a guy that's burned that kills people. Right, there just <laughs> happens to be a guy running around the woods. I think the only, like, Glazer was definitely the, like, alpha kind of male that was running around, but the ones, that, uh, his didn't bother me as much because the girl was kind of, like, you know, aloof about it. She'd say yes, and she'd say no, and I was like, okay, you're just part of the problem, too. It was the lake scene with the one guy. Eddie. That yeah, that convinced her to get into Eddie. the water. I was like, oh, yeah, Eddie, I forgot about yeah. that proof. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, we could have done without, because he does, he, when you start the movie, and this is where we're, we've all watched horror movies most of our lives. So when we're watching this, we can't, we can't watch it in the same eyes people did in 1981. We see Jason Alexander and, 80, and Eddie, we're thinking like, okay, they're the nerdy ones. They're the ones that aren't going to get lucky with the ladies. 
and it's not Eddie actually ends up being the very aggressive one, just a hair under Glazer. Um, Fisher Stevens is in this freaking movie that even my wife had to point that out to me. She's like, isn't that the guy from short circuit, the real, the actual nerdy one. And I was like, that is Fisher Stevens. What the heck? Wait, I did not catch him at all on this. Yeah. The one that loses his fingers. Really? Yeah. Woodstock. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fisher Stevens. Holy <laughs> shit. Packers, uh, Double Dragon. All right. Well, I just learned something. It blew my <laughs> mind. <laughs> yep. I also was impressed that there were uh, no less than four boy butts shown in this movie. That's pretty progressive for 1981. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you got to have male nudity as well. Equal share, man. Good. Yeah. Boobs and butts. I, I think so. <laughs> I think there were more boy butts than girl butts in this, or uncovered boy butts, I should say. Uncovered. Yeah, uncovered. <laughs> I mean, this has all the proper ingredients for, like, a fun slasher movie. Like, Mike, what would be something that you would expect to see in a slasher? Well, boobs, I guess. I guess that's the main ingredient. Um, yep, yep, you do need yeah. that. So, like, summer camp is not necessary. It could be anywhere that uh, has a bunch of teenagers, haunted house, I guess, like, summer camp, movie theater, wherever, a good setting, boobs, a cool killer, an awesome soundtrack that has at least one ballad on it. Yeah. And a good ending that leaves it ambiguous. You have to leave room for a sequel. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have not written a ballad yet, right? (laughs) Um, No, not yet. Not yet. Now, that would also, be horrendous. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you guys have not made a banjo song yet. No banjos. Because <laughs> when the banjo kicked in on this, I was instantly, I wrote in my notes, Mike, you guys need to make a death metal ba- banjo like a thing. I'll, I'm on it. <laughs> death metal bluegrass. I'm in. There we go. I'm in. 1,000% in. I'm not sure if I'm ever filled with the best of ideas, but I'm definitely filled with ideas. We just have to figure out the right movie for it. Maybe it's the right time for a redneck zombie song. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it could be. It It could have been. Or or we just go out and do our groundskeeper movie. There we go. Yep. Yeah. We'll we'll throw it in that one. Yep. I'll get a banjo and I'll do the soundtrack. We're we're overly we're overly protective of our Kentucky bluegrass field that we tend to every day and we have bluegrass music playing all the time. That's our thing. I like it. I'm in, I'm writing this, get Derek on the phone. Maybe I'm wrong. Is Cropsey like a real urban legend? Yes. All right. Does anyone, anyone want to fill me in on what the urban legend is? Well, I didn't dig that far, but I did oh, read. It is. Mike, that... do you know if it's real? Like, or anything about I, it? I know there's a documentary called Cropsey. And that's as far as I know, too. Like, yeah. I, I've seen it, but like, I've seen of it, but I've never actually watched it to see what the deal was. It's Same. like, I know of that documentary and I was like, is it the two? That was what made me wonder if it was. No, something. Uh, the documentary up. doesn't bring up the movie whatsoever. And it's mostly in uh, the Upper East Coast, like New York, Maryland. That area is where the story kind of started amongst the the summer camps that we never went to, but it really was something. And my guess is somebody heard it, 
said we can embellish on it, make it a movie. Why they wouldn't call it, you know, Cropsy and call it The Burning, which I feel like that title for this movie is lacking. I really do. I think it's one of the reasons why I probably never watched it till recently. You know, it was like The Burning. Okay. Doesn't really grab me. But you put like Cropsy, that's going to grab my attention and be like, what is Cropsy? It's kind of like, you know, Mr. Crowley. You know, or, um, you know, some of the other movies that just had like the, this weird name to it. And you're like, man, what is that? And then you pick it up and read it. The burning, I don't know. sounds like a witchcraft kind of movie or, you know, STDs, (laughs) uh, you know, some Harlequin romance novel. I don't know, but I don't read those things. The VHS cover (laughs) art to this is killer. Which cover like art? Because the poster of just like the silhouette of the shears going down on oh, the two one. making passionate love in the lake. Yeah. Did you <laughs> see the cover on Tubi though? That one's a weird one. I don't. I, I'm like, because when Jackie and I were looking for it, I'm like, it's the burning, and she types it in, and I'm looking at the pictures of all the covers, and I'm like, that one says the burning, but it doesn't look like anything I know about this movie. Until you click on it and you're like, oh, 1981, the burning Jason Alexander, click on it. And it's like that cover, that was as bad as uh, the cemetery movie we did that has house the killer the on the house by the cemetery that has a killer on the cover that's not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because that's that's the DVD cover I was talking about. That's when it first came out on dvd that's the cover that they use and it's like what the heck like it doesn't have anything to do with anything it's just like here's the shadow of a guy wearing a hat yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. i was wondering if that was the one you were talking about because i'm like it does after even after watching the movie i'm looking at it going that has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever like he only wears the hat at the very beginning when he comes out of the hospital that's it after that no hat yeah, when he's doing his best dark man impersonation. He did. It was very dark man. I did. I did like that. <laughs> I was I was all in for dark man. Again, <laughs> they could have took that name. There was no dark man yet. Not could have yet. called it dark man. <laughs> um, this all leads into though where we finally start to get into our kills. I don't want to go into our kill of the week segment just yet because we got to run down. No. So this- let's do this before you start the kills. Let's take a quick commercial break. All right, I'll allow it. We'll be back following these messages. Do you like horror movies? Do you like hanging out with your friends? Do you like having a laugh? Do you like podcasts? Well, you should check out our podcast, Spoils of Horror. We're not a review show. We're a horror movie hangout where we talk about movies that are lost, forgotten, popular, and bizarre, all in the scary realm. You can listen to our podcast while you're doing just about anything. You could be washing your dishes. You could be washing your cat. You could be washing your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> All forms of genitals accepted. <laughs> we are a fully inclusive genitalia show. Yes, we are the number one ideal podcast for washing your genitals. Our genital Yelp reviews are unsurpassed. Five and a half stars. <laughs> You don't want to know where that half came from. uh... (laughs) Now that you know that, check us out on all major platforms. You can search for Spoils of Horror on all social media sites. Come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. And your genitals. (laughs) Bye. 
It's Dr. Killamoff, the evil alien who wants to pollute the whole world. He's gonna smogify every tree in Traumaville. But look who's gonna stop him. It's Toxie, the trendy yet hideously deformed leader of the Toxic Crusaders. How does he do it? He's toxic but tasteful. This grime fighter really comes up with the works with his ever-faithful mom. They're gross, but they're gonna clean up the world. Hideously deformed action figures and toxic waste each sold separately from Playmates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Dangerous Dan Colley, the Professor Jimmy Street, and the Plastic Sheik Jared are the undisputed six-man tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this trio does it all, and all they ask is... Give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. All right, we're back. It's time to dig into all the delightful kills in this movie. They which are is delightful. A shame because everyone looks like they're having a blast in this movie. That has that, the realism. Agree. Like, it looked like this was a really fun movie to make. Those, I think those kids really enjoyed each other, not in a sexy way. Just they were all there and they were having such a good time. They were young like actors and everyone was friends. They're all uh-huh, yeah. filming in a beautiful area. It's nice and sunny. You're getting paid. Like, what is there not to love about that in 1981? Yeah, it's, yeah. it came across on the screen. Uh, the, the amount of fun they were Especially the the kayak slash canoe trip out. Where they're all like around one of them sinks and they're all still laughing, you know. So I was like, oh well, okay, we're having a blast. No one's yeah. wearing life vests, but you know, it, it's <laughs> yeah, all. Don't cool. worry about that. 1981, no helmets, no no eye protection, no life no. vests. It's all fake. You don't need that. No fire protection for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Not one fire extinguisher in that shed. <laughs> oh. Well, no, I got to move my fire extinguisher outside and put my can of gasoline Inside. in my bed. Right. That makes way more sense. Once again, when I'm done recording, I got to go move the gas can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta, oh, don't you gotta forget take... that. Put a, put don't a rider in your <laughs> All right, Nate, take us through the kills. I and mean, we kind of need to start right at the beginning, the first one, because it's kind of freaking brutal. It's the skinny dipping one, right? No, the prostitute. Oh, prostitute is someone who will love you no matter who you are. As long as you got enough money. As long as you got enough money. That's right. And this poor prostitute gets bludgeoned in the stomach with a pair of shears, like haircutting kind. And it is disgusting and disturbing. And I can't be the only one who thought that death was like hardcore, right? To me, it kind of, it set the tone for the movie because he almost puts his hand inside the wound. That's how like much power how deep he goes. Yeah, it it was insane. And, and you get this awesome blood spray onto like the nearby mirror. That was actually really cool. And it and he, again, you kind of you're waiting for this moment of okay, it's going to cut away. He then like shoves her through the window. Like it's extremely <laughs> violent, you know. And but it's not like super powered though. It's not like he 
picked her up and stuck her to the ceiling or something silly. It was just very, very visceral and brutal just in this first kill of the movie. Yeah, which definitely does set you up for what's coming up next, which is, you know, once we get through all seeing our characters, getting to know them, getting to like them, and now it's time to pick them off one by one. Which it does take a while, though. It I'll, does I, take I, a while. I, I want to say that. Like, it's entertaining, and I, I like the cast, and it does give some backstory. But I'm also, like, waiting now for the next kill. And they show Cropsy's perspective from time to time, and they do the false scares, the false kills, like in the shower scene and stuff like that. But I'm just like, come on, you started out like really hard, really quick. And now almost like house by the cemetery where you got that incredible kills at the beginning. And then probably 30 minutes before the next splatter of blood comes out. But what I liked about this one is the fact that it's building up that suspense because each character is slowly, or they think they see him, you know, as he's stalking his prey, like everyone is kind of, like, oh, what was that? I swear there was a man with a burnt face, like, and no one believing, like, Alfred or something like that. Like, I don't know, little pieces of that just building the tension that way when we finally do get to our first victim, it's at the skinny dipping scene. And that's when we find out that our weapon of choice is going to be those, you know, garden shears. And the way that he gets her alone and, like, the way that he, like, stabs her, it's like, oh, my only complaint was it was really hard to see on the HD. Did you guys notice that? I couldn't see the kill at all. I was actually disappointed. It was so dark. And I had no lights on, no nothing. It was just the television. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel, I, I think he stabbed her in the stomach, but I didn't see anything. And I mean, it takes a few seconds. This is not a short kill either. He, you know, it, it's kind of prolonged while he's doing it but i feel like shortchanged a little bit if there. i'm correct i think he slashes her in the throat again i didn't see it <laughs> what do you think pete i i couldn't quite tell either i think most of the night was shot day for night and this one was probably the only good day for night because it really looks dark and i don't know if that was a camera problem or we're talking about 1.5 million dollar film the nighttime there probably is no like lighting you know the lighting department yeah, but it's is Tom Savini and he's not a, he doesn't shy away from from yeah from what do you think about that kill mike um oh, I, I i think it's a cool kill i think I, i'm wondering what might have happened is i wonder if like a lot of these movies now when they get released it's like they have to go back and find the footage of like the extra gore and the extra even seconds of stuff sometimes. Right. So maybe, maybe that's why it's darker. Maybe they had to like reinsert it and they didn't have the best quality or maybe there was something wrong with it and they had to darken it to hide something. I mean, it's hard to say. That makes sense. Maybe, maybe the high def gave everything away. Like you're saying, like you could tell there was a prosthetic used or you saw someone's hand from the blood tube. That actually makes more sense now. I'm not as mad. Thanks, Mike. Good job. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Mike, do you want to lead us through the raft scene? The homemade oh raft? Where so, our poor people realize that all their canoes have been stolen? 
I don't think like like thinking about like every single slasher I've ever seen that there's ever been a scene where they dispatched so many main characters in such a short amount of time because yeah. it's not like yeah. it's not like he just pops out and like kills one person like he gets out and he annihilates everybody on the raft right and even cooler about that scene is like it's super gory and yeah it's it's a little plastic looking like the the fingers and like the throat when Eddie gets it but like how confident is Tom Savini in his his effects work that he's like you know what shoot this in broad daylight I want it to be as bright as possible and yeah. like let let's just show everything and it's like it's it's perfect you know what i mean like there's nothing they could have done differently in that scene that would have made it better like no um, agree, like yeah. like from when he pops out of the boat and he like blocks out the sun it's like it's like oh this is like if if you're a horror movie fan and that scene doesn't give you goosebumps then like i don't i don't think you're a horror movie fan cuz oh, that is definitely. like that is slasher 101 yeah, like the way he pops out, what the score does with its, you know, the sounds, those fingers getting chopped up. Yeah, it may look plastic, but when the, yes. the blood is shooting out from all of his digits, <laughs> like you said, yeah, uh, kudos well, to Tom Salvini for just having the balls of like, ah, just film it. Well, look, I'm I'm going to repeat something I say almost probably every episode we do. They weren't filming for HD. They weren't filming for even VHS in 1981. It was, how's this going to look on a grainy, whatever millimeter film they shot on? I bet that stuff, I bet people puked when those fingers got sliced off in theaters. I would, I I would have to, I would put money that someone puked when uh, Fisher Stevens is holding his hand out and there's just spurts of blood. I'm like, that guy's got good blood pressure, too, because that stuff's coming out like <laughs> mountains. Oh, I love that the one person, like, their leg gets chopped off, right? Like, that's totally a leg. Oh, yeah. I mean, undone. Yeah, and like uh, Mike said, like, we just dispatch four main people instantly. To where you kind of are, like, and it just moves to the next scene. You're like, whoa. Like, they're they're done done, right? Like, we're, we're moving yeah. on. Like, there's no exposition of watching Cropsey disappear into the woods. There's no explanation on, like, when they see the raft again, I'm almost expecting Cropsey to be laying in the middle of the bodies, waiting for the next person. But what the, and I almost think they do that on purpose a little bit because he was laying in the canoe earlier. They kind of set that same shot up with her swimming out, but instead of Cropsey, we get Fisher Stevens's freaking body corpse float up to her. So, A, I'm like, how why, how is it in the water? Did he, like, tie it to it or something? And it stayed under till right till she got there? But the effect was amazing. It was probably one of my favorite shots in the movie was when that dead, you know, torso comes up and scares the shit out of her. I love that. I love that <laughs> the dismembered arm just falls onto her. Well, yeah, that one's a good one, too. <laughs> that started the whole chaos, I think. She, yeah. She grabs an arm, starts screaming, and the body pops out of the water. It was great. Yeah, so she's already uh, panicked. I mean, that that's me. Uh-huh. I'm already drowned. I've already gulped all of the water, and I am underwater now, which I think would be the more calm way to go in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we get, of course, it's 80s movie. We got to have two people banging in the woods. We can call it that, but man, they did not do our boy right. It was uh, done. I, I love that. She's like, that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> what about the girls in this. The girls don't pull punches at all. Like they're, they're giving the guys shit just as much as they're trying to be horned up teenagers where she's just like, wow, all that begging and crying is, you know, it's kind of what you're feeling. Like she wants to say, but she still goes, that's it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> way to demasculate your boyfriend there. Awesome, she killed Glazer before Glazer was actually killed. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like this one was another one of those really hard ones to to see, though, right? I saw this one better than the other dark. one, but it was but it dark. Was, it was better. Because, like, the way and, she and Glazer killed, took it, boy. Oh, the way of Glazer gets well, killed. She dies first. She, right. first. she, dies, yeah. she dies first. Yes. She gets stabbed, what, in the chest? Yeah. Like chest, neck area, somewhere around yeah. the upper sternum. Definitely. And then Both Glazer legs. comes back and finds the body. And then that's when you get the only supernatural moment. But it still really works because of how effective it is of, like, I never want to get stabbed in the neck and then lifted by a pair of garden shears. That shit looked awful. <sighs> And then, like, to have him bo- his body lifted up in the air, and then he's, like, carried for a little bit and pierced into a tree while you have the blood trail going on. Which I right. feel Friday the 13th rips off from the burning later, you know, where you get those good, like, where he stabs the machete through someone and then sticks them to a tree. I'm like, you, now after seeing this and knowing it was first, I'm like, you guys stole that. But I love it either way. Don't, you know, don't ever stop. I think it's uh, I think it's funny too because it's like, I don't know if the director thought like, what are the, what are the two most humiliating ways we can like demasculine or de? Well, I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean. Like, like Glazer <laughs> goes from being like the cock of the walk to like he's nothing. Like, he's like he he can't he can't he walk the walk right. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. He can't fight back and then he's dead, right? So it's like, well, you're not that tough, I guess, right? And they, like the director's like out of all the kills, it's like they he they did him the dirtiest, I think. Yeah, uh, they, they he ended on a down note. You're right, because she I think it's em, emasculate. Is that what the term would be? I I'm think sure, that sounds is. right. Yeah. Yeah, that um, sounds clever enough. So he's he's already mm-hmm. down and you he even tries to start talking his game back up. Once he gets up, I forget even what he was going to go do, like get firewood or something. Uh, I think it was firewood. Yeah, matches. And and then we get the weird Alfred pervy kid again following him around, which will lead into the next kill. But, yeah, I feel like they they totally just were like, Glazer's going to eat it the worst in this movie pretty much. And that's like our final nighttime scene because the rest of the movie decides to go back to daylight. Yeah. And this is where now the bodies have been discovered. Everyone kind of knows that there is, in fact, a killer stalking them. Um, they're wondering what the hell we got to do. We got to get the police involved. We, we got to get away from this camp, right? Our little Harvey Weinstein pervert, Alfred, oh, God. is the one that is being caught by Cropsy, right? I have to jump in here. Do it, please. The last 25 minutes is just Alfred running. 
All right. He's, it's, so, it's like it, it turns into a comedy. He's just like going in one room and looking around and going into another room and looking around like whatever the hell it, that like uh, stone structure is in the in the the woods there until he finds the door to that like shack thing or whatever or the mine I guess it is and then like he disappears and then the freaking counselor comes and he does the same thing that Alfred just did <laughs> he's like running around this stone structure looking in everything and looking up looking around and it's like what is that the best they could come up with for the end of the movie like leading into the finale it's like if it's you if you put Scooby Doo ending. That's yeah, if you if, if you put the if you put the Benny Hill music on that, it'd be a comedy. Yes. Yes. You know, like, and then it's like then it's like okay, now it's in the mine. I guess it's getting darker, and like then it leads into the end of it. But it's like Jesus Christ, like, is that all they had to pad the running time of the movie to make it an hour and a half? Like, I don't. It boggles my mind. I didn't notice it like previously watching it, but last night I I watched it again. And I'm like, there's nothing happening. And that's the <laughs> one thing about revisiting these movies that we haven't seen in forever, because it's like, wait a minute, that's not how I remember this. I kid you not, Mike. <laughs> when I was watching, I was going, I was thinking the same thing, but I was like, this Alfred is reminding me of Frodo hiding from the ring wraiths in Fellowship. Oh yeah. Like it's literally almost scene for scene of him like even hiding underneath something. And the killer is like above him, but doesn't realize it. Yeah, the and whole it, yeah. outcrop of the cliff scene. Yeah, that's exact exactly yeah. the uh, ring. Like, oh, this is where Peter Jackson got his inspiration for Fellowship of the that's Ring. Right. Clearly, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I agree with Mike 100. percent That's there were enough kids left. They could have padded out a few more kills leading up to the final showdown. I mean, and there's no reason we shouldn't have killed Albert. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Albert. Alfred. Uh, I agree. I'm calling Mike, him Albert. <laughs> Mike, would you agree, though, that every good 80s horror slasher needs a flamethrower? I mean, it doesn't hurt. You can't go wrong with a flamethrower. <laughs> That's my was, weapon, guys. Made my mind up. Like, I'm going flamethrower. That's my uh that's all my good groundskeepers keep a flamethrower on them. Yep. That, that, that's quite the upgrade yeah, though, right? Oh, I, I got it's out of nowhere, right? I'm like yeah. all yeah. of a sudden it's like he lights it, right? And the other I love how it shot. I mean it, it was amazing, but I'm sitting there going, Oh, upgrade. He's literally like, I I have a flamethrower and the guy is walking around and I got confused for a second because he's got the flamethrower lit. You can hear it. Is it Tom? Is that the hero quotation marks guy's name? The flame is reflecting off of him for a second or two and he reacts to it. But then the flame goes out and Tom acts like nothing was ever there. You know, it was just like this whole moment of. Was this like a cut weird cut scene that shouldn't have made it into it? And it did because he just acts like all oh, that. There was no cropsy there, but you heard See, the flamethrower. You saw the reflection. I took it as a amazing character arc for cropsy where he is born in fire. He will end you in fire. Thus, oh. the reason why it's called the burning. So full circle then, hey? Oh. It does yeah, kind of work for the end, it. though. That does. Or it could have been a director going, you know, it'd be really cool. A flamethrower. <laughs> That's more like, like we got a flamethrower in the budget, right? L- get the flamethrower out. 
it was a weird flamethrower too. It was one of those little handheld, like the get you're holding on to the container with all of the fluid in it that lights on fire. And I was like, that kind of is blowing out more than it really should be. That something's not not up to spec for but some in the movies. <laughs> It one-ups itself, and Mike, I have another song idea for you. You're going to hate me by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> what if we did something axe versus flamethrower? Oh, there we go. Axe versus flamethrower. <laughs> I like it. Because I never thought I would ever see in my life an axe against a flamethrower until this movie. It seems like a one-sided uh, fight. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a small flamethrower, guys. It was small. <laughs> I mean, it, catch a sleeve on fire. I think I can still swing an axe pretty good. You know that that kind of thought process. I do <laughs> like this final this final showdown. No, this but. is where we get the reveal of Cropsey's face, and yeah. it looks killer. Oh, it's amazing. It's like like it is well worth the build melted up. over one eye, drooping down. There's no <laughs> hair. He it's, looks like a dripping candle. He, he he looks melted. That's another better title for this movie. The melted, um, <laughs> the melted. See, I'm good at this. But, no, I I love. I I'm glad we didn't see him earlier. It really helps the end of this movie sell this like real. You know, the reveal of Cropsey. Um, and and it's a great fight. And we also get revealed that Tom is one of the rambunctious teenagers from the beginning of the movie that helped set Cropsy on fire to begin with, you know? So part of me is like, so all of this was for Cropsy to get to Tom, but he just took his time going through all of the campers when he probably had plenty of time to kill Tom anytime he wanted to uh, in this movie. And what about all the others? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was totally Cropsy's revenge. I think he was just angry at everything. Yeah, that's killing what I think. Indiscriminately. Yeah, it just, and it was just yeah. crazy random happenstance that Tom was there as because part of the original. The movie starts out like Blackfoot. And then they're at like Camp Stone Creek five years that's later. That's right. Yeah, there were yeah. two. two, so two, it's two different different camps, but they weren't but far. I don't think they were far from each other, though. Because you know how lakes would have several camps around yeah. them or rivers or stuff camp i have a feeling it was probably yeah. rivals with camp, camp stone camp or whatever you know or maybe where they kayak to was the old camp oh maybe yeah, yeah see look i watched the movie we could have padded that out but instead we got 30 minutes of them running in the woods yeah. so what 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 if what if maybe it is the same camp but because the groundskeeper got burned alive they just changed the name. Oh, that's so oh, something we would do. That is. That, I mean, that's the classic Friday the 13th thing, right? Like, yeah, just keep they, changing the name. There's totally not still the same body thing. here. We don't <laughs> know what Never. you're talking about. There is no insurance claims or anything on here. I, I, when I got my this, house, man. I had to ask, like, did anyone die in this house? Like, you know, you got to ask the hard questions. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to tell Are me. You're disappointed that no one had died in your house, Nate. I don't have an answer. <laughs> we all know the answer, Nate. <laughs> Probably not. It's a fairly new house. <laughs> yeah. No, we know you're disappointed that no one died in the house. Yeah, I know. I was hoping for a few more corpses in this house, but whatever. But what I like about the realism of this movie is we get that axe to the killer's face. 
he catches on fire again and you don't see his body move like he is done for he's been dispatched yeah like that's effective this is a one and done slasher they never made a sequel they never rebooted no. it or anything like that like i don't know i think it's cool i think it's cool that um he doesn't have like a final girl he doesn't murder every counselor there's actually way more survivors than you would expect yep like i think it's more uh, realistic in what one person be able to pull off i do like that they give the kind of like the jump scare thing where you think he's dead but he's not completely dead because that's that's when you get the axe to the face yeah is when that because you know he thinks he like sets him on fire and he dies and they actually pan away from it you know you as the viewer you're even i'm kind of like i'm i kind of expected them to kill him off that fast but we do get that pleasure of a oh shit he's still running and then an amazing i don't want to downplay it the axe to the face is right there with the raft I loved that effect. It was oh, it that axe to the face was awesome. Yes, I, I mean, now it's yeah. sweet. It's like it almost you would imagine that it's it cleaved his head in two, like you were expecting the two halves to fall apart or something. Because he hits it with some power. And Tom I loved, he's like, if you would have gave me one more day, his head would have been split in half. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Savini's only bane in life: time. Yeah. <laughs> I also think this is this is very early in the slasher genre. They're still trying to figure out the formula. Um, oh yeah. So you didn't have Definitely. that final girl. Uh, there was they just tried some different things than what Friday Thirteenth tried, and they were just developing this this formula and uh, that I think Friday Thirteenth actually perfected. That's the way those films go, and that's why there's twelve, ten yeah. of those. But yeah, I mean, I even you've got that formula is is successful and and is repeatable even though it might be the same thing time and time again well now it is uh, but it's, it's successful right but look at the very first friday the 13th no one expected it to be his mom at the end you know i oh, mean that was that was amazing stuff so say you've seen that movie and now you're going to write the burning there's no rule to say it has to be this you know supernatural guy it doesn't have to be a girl that wins at the end i i like the freedom they had but didn't realize they had it it early on (laughs) in the genre and then it was what made more money and they just kept rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat oh let's throw a different kill in rinse and repeat rinse and repeat i as much as i probably would have loved to have seen cropsy pop back up later which i'm kind of surprised even now someone hasn't taken up that property and done a second cropsy movie yeah i mean we got like five sleepaway camp movies which even this beat to the punch (laughs) yeah but i I mean but you know we get movies like hatchet you know we get you know all of these like slasher kind of and it's not even it doesn't even really have to be a sequel to the burning this is probably one of the few i'd kind of like to see a reboot of i'd like to see someone take this story and I don't know, maybe modernize it a little bit too. Maybe let that had happen. And that's the origin of the Cropsey um, legend. And then do a movie, you know, now after that. I don't know. I wouldn't be upset. years later following the the legend. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset with it. What do you think, Mike? Redo? Reboot? Leave it alone? I I I think they could do a reboot. I mean, like, 
if you think about it, like how they end it, like with the campfire story, like, I mean, that's, it's such a cool way to end the movie and it leaves it open-ended. So, yeah. I mean, they could, I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's hard to say, like, cause I know like one of the classic, like, uh, slashers from the eighties, like was kind of like in the same kind of not the same time period as the burning, but the mutilator uh they're making a mutilator too now like so yeah. many years later so there's there's always later. a there's always a possibility um yeah one thing i uh, one thing i want to go back to though is i didn't get to chime in like uh like the final kill with the axe it's very similar to the kill that savini did in uh the first friday the 13th with the girl that gets the axe to the face yes but oh, you're right but, yeah. but it's a like an upgrade of it so it's 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 cool to see like his stuff getting better like, his progression as a special yeah. effects artist he's like this worked but now i have an idea of what to do next yeah and yeah i also and, feel like the the mask of cropsy probably gave him the ability to be like we, we can add more blood like under the yeah. prosthetics so it would be more gore because that's exactly what it is i mean it's almost like it pops when he oh, gets that's hit a in the fake, face. That's a total fake head that they just said hit hit as hard as you want with his axe. Oh, yeah. and let's see yeah. what it looks like. I, but it I, didn't, as it didn't a, look odd. You know, it didn't look no, like they no, took it, a, made a fake head. It it matched, you know, what Cropsey looked like, you know, from the actor too. So I love that. As as a Canadian too, I have one point that I need to make about this whole movie. So one of the things that Canada has different than uh than uh US is uh universal free healthcare. So if this movie had been made in Canada, would Cropsey have been able to afford like a plastic <laughs> surgeon and this thing wouldn't have happened? Like, yeah, I think they would have so. fixed him. I think they would have done what they could fixed. for nineteen eighty one. He wouldn't have been perfect. But he would have uh, fell off. I've had the same wondering about breaking bad. Like Walter has to make meth to be able to afford his medical bills. If Breaking Bad took place in Canada, Walter is okay. Yeah, he's fine. He doesn't have to make meth. Why not just move to Canada, though? Is that a thing? Or does Canada just go like no Americans? Is that a thing, Mike? Do you just not want us up there? I I don't know the specifics (laughs) of how to get into Canada, but I'm sure it's not that difficult. It can't be. (laughs) Honestly, you would almost think like if you really, really need the medicine or the medication or the procedures, there should be something that allows you to go up there. You know, like you have to move and live up here now so that, you know, obviously you pay taxes and that's what covers the stuff. But it's like, I mean, we've gotten way political all of a sudden on this stuff. But (laughs) (laughs) free Medicare for everyone. But yeah, I would think like there has to be like a way to do that. That just makes sense to me. Tune in next week as I get arrested trying to sneak into Canada. Canada. I'm like, but my friend Mike said it's okay. Uh, well, that, Mike that's... said it can't be that hard. Nate yeah. has that theory. That, but that just makes you think, like, Jesus Christ, you must have the worst doctors on earth. If oh, that's yeah. the best, that's they the best making... they can put his face back together. Well, well it they kind of like, like chucked him out candle. the door. You know, yeah. they put him in the wheelchair, and she's like, "Okay, bye." Sorry, no, everything he, didn't yeah. work. No, he know. was in the hospital for five years. Five years. Yeah. yeah. It says five it years later when he gets out. But it was, they said they like, I guess they said something like they tried the, the facial uh, reconstruction yeah, it didn't work. take. And it was like, 
oh well (laughs) (laughs) done all we can for you sir but yeah again the movie should have been him just trying to run away from all his medical debt (laughs) what's actually happening is the hospital is the bad guy and they're trying to get (laughs) the entire time to pay yeah i would have took revenge on the hospital that's where it should have went that's the sequel it, it could he could have gone back to his hotel, got that bill in the mail, was like, "This is bullshit," and then <laughs> turned right around and went after the hospital. Before I turn that. around, I'm gonna go get a hooker. That's fine. Or he could get one at the hospital. I'm sure they're there for treatments too. I don't know. What could have been? What could have been indeed. <laughs> That's it, guys. You know what? We, we already talking about making our own groundskeeper movie. We're complaining that there is no sequel. Let's just redo the burning. I think that's it. We're going to redo the burning. Call Derek. That's, that's it. We're going to give Derek a call and make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> the, right, the burning boys. pain of medical debt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. Oh, I don't miss those days. Oh, uh, all right, Nate. We've well, walked us through the movie. We did it. It is now time for our raining blood segment. All right, Charlie, hit us with the numbers. What is the body count to this movie? Our body count, a.k.a. raining blood in the burning, is 10. Not bad oh. for a slasher. Not, I mean, that's 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 decent for a slasher. I've seen Jason movies with less. Yeah, know. that's not too hateful. No. Especially for what they had with the budget and stuff. Um, it's about where I'd expect it to be. I wasn't like keeping track. Like sometimes I, do. I wasn't either. I, yeah, but this one was one of the ones that was like immediately in all the trivia stuff, like on IMDB. And I did check on one other thing and they said 10 too. So I was like, well, I don't have to go count. I think there was like four or five people on the raft, you know? So that was the yeah. good majority of the kills. Plus we can't forget about the hooker, the girl, the guy and girl. Yeah. And this is one of the few movies where we can count the killer in the body count. He's never come back. So Cropsey is the 10th body in this. So he's dead. You know, because normally we don't count them because, you know, Jason 27 happens, you know, later, but uh, we can, we can count Cropsey as one of the dead. So that's our reigning blood 10, which now leads us into kill of the week. What do you think? Zombie kill of the week? Mike, this is where we point out our favorite kill of the movie. I will let you go first since you are our guest. If I said anything other than the raft, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. You know what? Particularly the fingers. No, I think that's a good one. Getting uh, fingers chopped off and then having a guy screaming as his uh, fingers are bleeding all over the place. And he gets slashed in the head, doesn't he? As well? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. So so much happens, and it's so fast. You know, it's the most memorable scene in the movie, and it's the fastest scene in the movie, you know, as far as the kills go. All right. Pete? I can't not say the raft. I mean, I'll do 
Fisher Stevens also. That was great. I mean, yeah, he swung that edge trimmer around and just zoop all five fingers or four probably. And it was great. I was I was surprised. I was like, whoa, that's great. <laughs> what about you, Charlie? I'm going to break from everyone else because I've already kind of like shined a light on it was Cropsey's death. The axe into his face. Oh, that is I good. absolutely good love that kill. You know, it, 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 you feel the impact, you know, like Mike said, it was just a prosthetic head. So it was go Gallagher on the damn thing. And they do. <laughs> and there's so much stuff that flies out when the ax hits it and Cropsey's still on fire. You know, it's not like it was one separate thing. All this stuff was happening. And when we get an ax to the face, so that's my kill of the week is Cropsey's getting the ax to the face. Nate, what's yours, brother? I'm going to depart from everyone. It was the Glazer getting stabbed with the shears in his neck and then lifted up, dragged as he's being lifted up and then pierced into a tree. To me, that's brutal. That's not how I want to go out whatsoever. Not that I want my fingers to get cut off and then slashed in the head, but that one was especially like painful to watch. Well, they show the pain of Glazer experiencing. It wasn't like slash your dead. He's screaming and squirming the whole, making it worse as he goes. And then when he pins him to the tree, you're almost waiting. And again, budget was probably the only thing holding Savini back would have been an awesome, the body falls, but the head still sitting on top of the shears (laughs) would have been fantastic in my book. But again, budget and time for Tom Savini. Yeah, definitely. All right, fellas, that leads us into our machete rating. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. So, Mike, this is where we give a movie a rating of one out of ten machetes. Uh, You can do halves as well if you would like. So once again, I'll let you go first. What are you rating this bad boy? You know, if the last 25 minutes was different, I'd probably say an eight, but I'll go with the seven. It's a, it's a solid 80 slasher for sure, but it's not like upper echelon, I don't think. It's not a nine or a 10 for sure. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm right there with you because there's a reason why, like when I shot you the message of like, hey, Think about the burning or maniac life force. We both kind of like, oh, the burning, because that's the one no one ever seems to talk about. Uh, yeah, Pete. for sure. Oh, go for it, Mike. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that it's definitely it's one that you don't hear about as much as all like the like Cropsey is not usually like p- people don't go Jason, Freddy, Cropsey. You know what I mean? Like it's not <laughs> it's not held in the same high regard, but horror fans that do like dig in past the surface level of things know what he's all about yeah, yeah definitely i agree with that pete what's your machete rating i'm also going to give it a seven this is a very good slasher uh it skewed a little from the normal formula which i enjoyed uh and i actually kind of liked most of the kids uh, they were just silly horny rambunctious children running around like like you do it that uh i suppose at your uh summer camps so it, it was it was good and i i really enjoyed it i will watch it again seven nice what about you charlie 
so far everyone's nailing it man i'm giving this seven machetes i was already thinking that and i mike nailed it right there is cropsy is not like who comes to mind when you're talking about slashers honestly i mean i haven't i haven't watched this movie till this week now i have to amend it a little bit because podcasting after dark covered this movie and i listened to their episode and they do like full walkthroughs but even when they were done walking through it and they loved it i was also like i'm not in a hurry to watch this movie now that i've seen it i'm like oh shit i think i've really missed out on something you know for a while but I'm now watching it through different eyes. I've seen all the other slashers. I've seen all the, other, I've seen all the kills. This one still kind of brought it. So that's why I'm giving it a, you know, a seven was it still gave me those, Oh shit, you know, type moments in this movie. And like Pete said, I love the kids. They, they act like summer camp kids. They weren't, the girls weren't overly bubbly. They weren't supermodels running around summer camp all the guys weren't completely jacked or ripped. They were normal. It was exactly who you would open up a yearbook from 1981. You could find people that look just like that, you know, I'll do look up Pete's yearbook <laughs> from 1981. Do that. <laughs> but, um, and I, again, I liked that it. it wasn't supernatural on Cropsy. I liked how real for a slasher movie and I'm um, using that word loosely, but, the more realistic feel to this movie bumps that up to a seven to me. So it's a long way for me to say seven, Nate. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> Nate, what do you rate this with your machete scale? Oh, see, I feel a little bad because everyone did sevens. I'm going to break away because I wrote it down and I'm not changing it. Okay. I was just a 6.5, but you're not that far off from no, us. It's, it's, but yeah. I, I was really hoping all four of us would have picked seven. That would have been really cool. As, well, guess who did go around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's three out of four, Nate. And who was the fourth? Me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like everything about this, this was fun. I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. Uh, this... Not not anytime soon, but I mean, definitely if we're looking for a fun campfire slasher movie to throw in the backyard, this would be one. This would be There's a perfect one in. to your picture you shared, where you do the projector outside. Yeah. This would be right. a great movie to do that with, I think. Exactly. Something to have a couple beers with um, and just be eating hot dogs and not really paying attention, but it's there in the background and you pay attention to when the kills are happening. That's yeah, you hold you hold up like four hot dogs in your hand and then run yeah. a knife across it with a bunch of ketchup and you just reenact the raft scene. <laughs> I have I have my dog Beefcake come out and bite, him, bite the hot dogs and then that's when I squirt the Beefcake's not stopping at your knuckles, though. I hate to tell you that. You yeah, might lose your finger. <laughs> I've met Beefcake. <laughs> All right. So you've heard our opinions. Now it is time for trash opinions. Obviously, we all really enjoyed this movie, but there are some dumbasses out there that did not. So I only got one today. Just one? Well, that's good. Only, only one, one person today. didn't like this movie. Yep. And it is by EBT Sam Ryad, who asked, what was that? They gave this a one out of ten. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, what was the point of the whole movie? If you prank someone to the point where you might have killed them, it's okay because that makes you a victim. Like what? 
Todd is the real villain here. I swear to God. I don't know why they made him the hero. I really feel bad for the killer. This is, in fact, his origin villain story. The whole movie felt like a bunch of friends on vacation and decided to make an awful cheap slasher movie. The amount of unnecessary scenes. Oh, my God. You can sum up the whole movie in half an hour. The movie didn't even start to the last half an hour that was left. The scenes were too long. It's almost like it's a comedy comedy movie, not a horror movie. Literally, did the director miss the point? Did he know? There were lots of plot holes, of course. This movie literally put me into sleep because of how boring it is. The amount of nudity, too, or the sexual scenes. Oh, my God. If you wanted to make a pornography, go ahead, but don't put a misleading title and genre. I'm realizing as I read that, I should have read it like Wesley Willis. But, hey, that person completely missed the point. I don't think he watched this movie. <laughs> I'm not watching a slasher for plot, damn it. Yeah, I'm right. going, what plot holes, honestly? I, I can't. I don't think we any of us had even one argument about what a plot hole would be. I feel like they stayed pretty much on. I agreed with some extended long scenes. Obviously, we already talked about the guy running for what felt like 25 minutes in the movie. And yes, the core of the movie can be wrapped up in 20, 30 minutes. But to give it a one, to not appreciate, this is where people rank movies that were made in 1981, but they're basing it off the standards now. And that's kind of a bullshit way to do things. This was, there was nothing to compare this to except for a handful of movies back in the day, you know, so to go and tell the director, Oh, you had no idea what you were doing. Of course not. None of them did. They were blazing the trail for the drivel. You watch now. I'm on, I'm on a soapbox. <laughs> no, even then, like this whole movie felt like a bunch of friends on vacation <laughs> decided to make a cheap slasher film. What friends would not want to do that? Right. And the fact that they felt like they were having fun added to the realism of the movie. Yeah. You know, and the there was not that much porn-ish action in this movie. There are some boobs, and there is, like, one act of sex, and that's it. I don't know what pornos this guy's watching, but... Uh, Even IMDb said that the nudity was severe, like... Yeah, that was no. not severe. The, Hardly the, severe. The lake scene is the most drawn out, but she goes into the water, then she comes out and then gets killed. Even in the shower scene, it's not like, eh, it's kind of in your face, but it's not done. That's, that's right in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking right back, it was. <laughs> but I don't think I would call this porn because no, I've no. seen worse no. in Jason movies. I've seen worse in you know, low budget knockoff movies, you know, and I, I, I'm, I think I would have appreciated that review had it been more close to like a four or five out of 10, not a one, a one. You're just being a dickhead, you know, that I don't like that bad review. Good job, Nate. Thank you. I try to find the worst ones. All right. So we're obviously done with the movie. I got two questions for you, Mike. Are you game for that? Sure. Let's do it. All right. What would be the very first metal band that made an impact on you? Oh, Jesus. Um, so the very first metal band, I, f- I guess I'd say that's hard rock, but I is Kiss. So I don't I... know if you guys if you guys are f- familiar with Kiss at all. Um, oh, they, I've heard I of it. it. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of a little unknown. indie I, band. 
specifically one thing that I'm going to get to, like, uh, they did Kiss Kiss Alive 2, and if you look at the picture of Gene Simmons on the back, he has, he's like a spinning image of Godzilla. Yeah. And, like, I I bought the record at a yard sale, and I had no idea what they were all about. I just saw the picture of him, and I'm like, I need that. And that was when I first started listening to, like, that type of music, so like 1986 give or take um so yeah kiss was the first band that i really fell in love with nice uh solid i mean i, I think that's can't totally go wrong solid. with no kiss being either. your your introduction to you know all things metal i mean yeah they're not metal but they're the most metal looking band yeah, you know I mean, those first like eight albums that kiss put out are fantastic like say what you will about kiss but they still put on a hell of a show. Um, hey, I saw them in Columbus when I first moved up there. When they went, they first the first time they went back into the makeup, their first uh, farewell tour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, at the amp. Twenty years later. Yeah, twenty years yeah. later. Um, but yeah, I actually got to see them in makeup, and it's was my first concert. So I mean, they've they have a pretty big impact in my life. There is a really good Hank, like me, completely hungover from the night after the morning after a kiss concert off the post that it's a really good picture me and my buddies we all dressed up we did the makeup it was fantastic woke up with a belly full of taco bell and regret (laughs) (laughs) at least it was still in your belly i mean that is true (laughs) i've heard of other taco bell stories from you that it didn't they do not yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right last question for you mike shrek one or Shrek 2? Oh, my God. Uh, Shrek 2. Yes! Yes! <laughs> he picked Nate's, the right answer. Nate's broken his dry spell of people going, what? It's Shrek. A, it's, a, it's a crazier story, and the animation's better. So I'll take two. Exactly. And the soundtrack is fantastic. You get there Tom you Waits on it. Yeah. Soundtrack is Better amazing. movie. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on here, Mike. Do you have any final words or anything that you want to close off on? Do you want to let people know where we can find you on your social media? Yeah, for sure. I'm 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 just drawing a blank because I just changed a bunch of it to be the new band name. So uh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it used to be VHS Thunder Bay on Facebook, but now I think it's Violent Homicidal Slasher. Um, basically, if you search for VHS or Violent Homicidal Slasher. And it looks like a, a silly horror movie drawing. It's probably us. If it looks like a rapper, it's probably not us. That's the only thing I could say. Um, that's, a good, that's a good way to do it. I like that. And, and I, I feel like I have to uh, give a shout out to one of my buddies' bands because I'm friends with uh, a band called Cropsy Maniac. And their okay. whole, their whole, like their whole theme is like it's. Uh, horror movies too but they've always had like a thing for cropsy like all their album art has been like different pictures of cropsy and like and they always have songs about cropsy and their their first uh album was called sheer terror you know so they're like all about uh cropsy maniac so if you like the burning and death metal you can't go wrong with checking out cropsy maniac for sure oh, that's nice. awesome so I'm they need to be on our <laughs> they need to be on our soundtrack then. That's what you're saying. Yes, well they could be on there too. Right. Okay. No, Mike, you're doing the soundtrack, but we'll we'll let them have one during like a kill or something. So. 
we'll we'll work that out. So I'll start I'll start looking at banjos on uh, on Amazon. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and I will get I will stay on Pete about this death metal trumpet, and we'll get some some uh, grabs from him and see how well we can make that blend. I mean, we we had. We had saxophone on our newest album. So you had a saxophone right? that was so See? damn glorious. Um, yeah, but know. I expect saxophone to be metal. I've seen Lost Boys. That's every saxophone <laughs> player has to look like that now in my brain. But I kind of want to see Pete reenact that, but with a trumpet now. Let's oh give him some purple pants, some tassels, some oil, and just go to town on a trumpet. With flames flying everywhere. Well, here's the best Take part. Me a few years to get that big. Their last album is called "I Heard They Suck Blood." <laughs> you have Mike wrote a song, "The Frog Brothers." The whole album's fantastic. If you want a half hour of thrash death metal that's nothing but about vampires, this is the album for you. I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> well, Mike, I have a question for you before we close out of here when i when nate first told me about you guys i looked you up when you were still vhs Uh, i'm still on there because of the band change you shared a picture with some sword and sorcery pictures um is that a teaser into something coming up later can we talk about that for a second yeah yeah actually the so one of the things that like i always wanted to do with the band is like yeah we're horror based but i've always wanted to like kind of dip our toes in other pools of 80s cheesiness right so yeah um i don't even know where the idea came from but uh the next album that i I, we're working on right now is actually yeah it's about sword and sorcery movies nice so we're uh so we're i would say about three quarters of the way done and it's going to be called quest for the mighty riff um <laughs> the the cover art is gloriously cheesy that's already finished so um basically it's just it's been tough with covid um yeah yeah to, to get together and work on things but we're slowly chipping away at it and like um i don't know for, for me like I'm, I'm like a big fan of italian movies in general like yeah i like italian horror movies but they also have like awesome like ripoffs of other genres too right oh, so sword oh, and yeah. sorcery like like yeah we could do a song about uh zombie like a falsy movie but or we could do a song about conquest which yeah. is one that you know what i mean like so <laughs> oh we, we're well aware of conquest thanks to our buddy pete oh, over boy. here he, yeah. he started watching it and then blew me up on messenger going stop whatever you're doing and watch the first 15 watch minutes this. of this movie and I was oh, like, holy crap. How, how can how can you go wrong? It's like he shoots freaking lasers out of a bow and arrow. Yes. There's naked oh. ladies everywhere. There's the whole time. Everywhere. This one gal is nothing but naked through the entire film. Yeah, yeah. All her clothing is a mask. Like, how can you go wrong with that? Right. <laughs> I dig it. Well, I'm, I'm huge on sword and sorcery stuff. And I don't know if you've seen, but we're friends with Joshua Milrad, who played Tall in Beastmaster. So oh, when nice. you yeah. shared that, it wasn't long after our episode, we dropped on that. And I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. You know? so it's like, <laughs> I want death metal sword and sorcery music. I, I need that in my life now. It's, it's coming, coming soon. Oh, it's coming. I can't wait. I can't wait. Nice. Well, Charlie, uh, do you want to do the housekeeping? 
Oh, I get I get the uh the yeah. chair now. Yeah. It's like I'm tired, man. I've been I'm tired this the whole time. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for checking us out tonight. I know we sound a little weird. We had to record through a different system, but you know, it's all good. Uh worth we're, it. Yeah, totally worth it. So uh if you want to check us out on our so we are almost on all of the socials now. We're on Facebook at Gimme Back My Horror and Gimme Back My Action Movies. Instagram, same thing, Gimme Back My Horror, Gimme Back My Action. Twitter under Gimme Back My Action and Horror Movies. TikTok, we each have our own TikToks now. Gimme Back My Action, Gimme Back My Horror, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've heard it. Email us at gmbmampod at gmail.com. Pete loves that part. He cries if I don't bring it up. Uh, check out our podcast network, Brethren, over at Gimme Back My Pro Wrestling, Monster Movie Stomp Down. Pete's own show, Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. Uh, I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks and Tales from the Haunt, also with Flynn Hendricks and Just Jeff. Uh, Have I left anyone out? I feel like sometimes we have so many I forget. No, I think you got them all. I think we covered all of them. So thanks, everybody, for listening. um, And tune in next week. We will be doing action. I'm not going to tell you what movie, though. Just have to tune in. (laughs) Nate, you want to get us out of here with a good word, brother? Gather around a campfire for a spooky tale. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. What you thought you're gonna get away with not hearing another VHS song? Well, here you go. Listen to Rooting for the Villain. <laughs>